Hello and welcome to the Mallow Street Podcast. Today I'm talking to John Ralph, an independent pension consultant about collective defined contribution. John has a few opinions about CDC and first of all he's going to uh, tell us what CDC is about. John, what is CDC about in your view? Well, CDC, Sandra, is a, a term of art rather than a term of science. And since I'm a CDC skeptic, I'm perhaps not the best person to, to, to answer that question. But Dutch CDC has been around for about 15 years. And the UK, through Royal Mail, is about to introduce its own version. Now, the interesting thing is that both Dutch CDC and Royal Mail CDC versions are highly political. So if you go back to the to the genesis, Dutch CDC was an attempt to rescue what we would call defined benefit when the courts ruled that companies, Dutch companies, did not have to make deficit contributions. In other words, what appeared to be DB in Anglo-Saxon terms wasn't that at all. So the Dutch tried to come up with something uh, that looked like DB to members. In other words, they were still getting a guaranteed promise but look like DC to shareholders. So it's highly political. And Royal Mail is also highly political because they introduced CDC purely simply as an attempt to head off a, a strike. And both versions were pitched to members as what you could describe as DB light. In other words, there was no guarantee, but there was what a quasi guarantee. And that quasi guarantee is described as a target pension. Trouble with that is CDC isn't DB light. It isn't DB in any form uh, whatsoever. It's just a form of defined contributions. There's no company to guarantee pensions. There's no company standing there to put more money in if necessary. The only pension that can come out is the amounts that have gone in, the defined contributions plus investment returns over time. So what I tried to do, um, Sandra, is look at from first principles and to say, if, if the two of us and a thousand other of our colleagues were trying to come up with something that was a fair way of um, uh, a, 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 some sort of mutual savings arrangement with no politics whatsoever, what would it look like? Um, and I guess in particular, and you and I discussed this, can CDC, in truth, do anything that DC can't do? My answer is, and we'll, we'll talk about this, my answer is, with one exception, no, it can't. And that exception is quite an important exception because um, CDC allows you to pool longevity risk with longevity insurance, but that's all. There's no CDC investment free lunch. So... You're saying the, the investment, there's no investment advantage in CDC over DC, which is one of the things that the proponents um, claim to say, especially the returns are higher. Um, and also that the investments don't need to be sold as a member. But that's, but that's, that, that, that's pure witchcraft. And it must be wrong. If you have two CDC pots, your pot and my pot say, and we might have very different um, asset allocations. I'm older than you, I probably have more bonds. You're younger than me, you probably have more equities, and that's fine. If we had the same asset allocation, we would get, by definition, the same return. 
if the CDC asset allocation is identical to the DC, you get the same return. If the DC is identical to the CDC, you get the same return. So all we're saying is, all the, the, the CDC fans are saying, and I'll talk about this a bit, a bit more, is guess what? If you hold more equities, you have a higher expected return. Well, so what? All that is telling you is, if you have a DC pot and you want to let rip with 90% of equities, you get a higher expected return. Oh, and by the way, um, there's, a, there's, a, there's much more risk involved. So the, the idea that you can magically create the CDC free lunch, just from absolute common sense terms, is wrong. And that's, you know, that's not a matter of opinion. That's just a matter of, that's just a matter of fact. Um, so let, if, if we move on to what I think are the three necessary conditions for a fair CDC plan. So three necessary conditions. The first is that when CDC is setting the annual target pension for all contributing members, that, that annual target pension must be age related so that younger members get a higher target pension than older members. And that's simply saying that there's a higher time value of money for somebody that's 30 than somebody that's 60, rather than doing it at a flat rate, so everybody gets the same. Um, and that, the way in which that's calculated must be using market interest rates. If you don't do that, then the present value of the target pension is higher for older members than younger members, even though the contribution from them and the employee is identical. So again, coming back to absolutely common sense, if the amount of money that you are putting in is the same, the amount you get out should also be the same. And the second necessary condition is that in valuing the total target pensions, and that includes the pensions that are actually being paid to, to people who've retired, for all members must be valued, that needs to be valued every year. So you simply say, well, what's the value of assets? What's the value of the pension promises? Do I have a surplus, in which case pensions will go up? Do I have a deficit, in which case pensions have to be cut? Target pension, total value of target and actual pensions must also be calculated using market interest rates. And if not, then the pensions you pay out to people who are in the front of the queue, the older people, are too generous. And by saying too generous, what I actually mean is they're pinching part of the contribution that was put in by younger members and that properly belongs to younger members. Isn't, isn't that part of the of the concept though, that there is solidarity between the generations. Well, what you are saying is that it is right and proper to recognize expected equity outperformance before it has actually happened. You can recognize equity outperformance when it takes place. So brilliant, this year, the assets have gone up 10% more than the liabilities. What does that mean? It means everybody's pension goes up by 10%. That's fantastic. If you say, we think that you know, equities will outperform over time and we will recognize that today, that's a bit like saying, it's, it's, it's counting your chickens before they're hatched, and it's a bit like saying, I just gone and put some money uh, down at the bookies and I'm going to spend that before I know the, the result. So th this, this solidarity is, 
is is a nonsense. It's also not. It's all in particular. It's a nonsense because if you think of different cohorts, so you think of people, you know, 60, 50 to sixty year old, 40, 50 year old, thirty to twenty year old. Let, let's think of ten year blocks. The first cohort pinches from the second cohort. The second cohort doesn't mind because they pinch from the third cohort. The third cohort doesn't mind because they pinch from the fourth cohort. Trouble with that is, when you are the last cohort in this very strange game of pass the parcel, where you're pinching something from the people behind you in the queue, you, your, your savings have been pinched by the penultimate cohort. But when you're the last cohort, who have you got to pinch from? Absolutely no one. So end to end, when you use a higher discount rate than the market, and Royal Mail is talking about using the expected return on equities, you get a transfer, and not just a small transfer, you get a huge transfer, and end to end, you get a huge transfer from the last generation who are left empty-handed to the first generation, because in between everybody's having something, they're, they're passing something on and they're receiving something. Any CDC must be competing with a DC. So in other words, individual members can choose DC over CDC or CDC over DC. The employer doesn't care. It's the same 15%, let's say, contribution either way. And that's very important because CDC needs to be kept on its toes by the by competition from DC. Um, people don't, don't think that CDC has anything to offer, well, they won't join. And if they do join and they think, well, it's actually not delivering what we expected, they'll take a transfer and go back into, um, uh, go back into DC. And there are also, I think, and I haven't quite thought how many people, but there are quite a lot of people, I think, who will say for very, very good uh, rational reasons, we're not interested in we're not interested in CDC, we would rather have DC. So um, it needs to be, uh, it needs to be uh, voluntary, meaning there has to be the alternative uh, of a DC. I just want to come back to um, the, the pinching and the, the recognising of, of uh, returns, so to speak. Um, isn't that, isn't the fact that the pension can go down as well as up, isn't that meant to account for that. It, it is, but your starting point has got to be right. So if you value assets incorrectly and you're paying out pensions that are much too large, yes, the pension can go up or down. But all that means is that you're using the wrong measuring stick in the first place. You can have an unfair measuring stick, which is then applied fairly. But what you need is you need a fair measuring stick, which says we will only pay out um, of the pot each individual member's earned share of that pot, because if they get a bigger share, they are pinching it from somebody else. Um, I mean, the fundamental DC you know, conundrum is how much can I take out of my DC pot in retirement? And I don't want to take out too much because I might run out of money. If I live longer than average and I don't want to leave too much there, 
Um, because if so, I might have a poorer standard of living if I die sooner than, than the average. Now in DC, the investment risk can be managed by holding fixed income and index linked bonds, but longevity risk can't be managed. You know, if, if you run out of money because you live to 103, hard luck. Yeah. Worth pointing out, if you withdraw too little, um, the unused pension pot can be transferred to your family. And from behavioral, um, in a behavioral way, um, that's very important and that's very attractive for a lot of people. CDC um, uh, arrangement, it's exactly the same question. It's how much can CDC pay out to members? Again, investment risk is managed through holding bonds. CDC can also manage the longevity risk, however, by pooling individual longevities. So if I live longer than average, there should still be money in the CDC pot to give me a pension. Trouble with that is it's those dying early pay for those who are dying late. And the insurance cost is the cost of giving up the unused savings if you die early. People don't like annuities. They don't like annuities. The reason why they don't like annuities is they think, well, hang on a minute, I might die, I might, I might die five minutes after I bought an annuity. Yeah, that's that's the principle of, of neutrality. Yes, exactly. So in the same way that people don't like annuities for that reason, they ain't going to like longevity. They're not going to be persuaded that the reason for CDC, the advantage of CDC is um, longevity insurance. Many people, I think, will choose to continue to leave their pension to their family. A lot of people say that they want, they want an income for life. They are very worried about the possibility of running out of money. Yeah, but, but in, in that case, people would, um, would like annuities, which they don't. And, you know, just as a matter of, of behavioural fact, they don't. And but why do they not like them, though? Because they're low worried. interest rates. They're, they're, no, it's not that. It's they're worried that if they, <clears throat> if they die early, all their money's going to stay with Prudential or Legal in general. What a swizz, we was robbed. Anyway, in a sense, that's a bit of an aside, but I think the conclusion I, I, I draw uh, from that is that, yes, there is some advantage in longevity protection. How valuable that is, you know, it, it all depends. The, the, the problem remains with DC that you can run out of money. So how do you solve that problem? What happens with people? Uh, well, well, that's that's that, that's that's very easy and it's very difficult. First thing, first thing is you buy an annuity if that's what you're worried about. But as you just said, people don't. Yeah, well, that's that's their problem. You, yeah, what people what people don't appreciate is that a guarantee is very expensive. A guarantee costs a lot of money. What most people are interested in is either a guarantee which doesn't cost anything or not even a guarantee, an option, so that you get the better of, you know, if we run out of money, we can come and knock on your door. If we don't run out of money, yippee, we can continue to, we can continue to spend it. So how do, you, how, do you, how do you make sure that you don't um, uh, run out of money? The only way is to buy an annuity. That is the only way. You can manage that, first of all, through asset allocation. And you can manage that by controlling the amount you spend. So, you know, depending on what you're talking about, you can, you know, not go on holiday this year, for example. Um, before you um, 
before you retire, you need to be very, very, very realistic about how much you have to save, what the investment returns are going to be, and what sort of um, what sort of retirement, what sort of standard of living you're going to have. Uh, how realistic is that really for the majority of people? Uh, and uh, is it really their problem? Ultimately, they will fall back on the state if they run out of money. Well, well that's well, that's will fall back on everyone. Well, that's fine. And that's exactly what that's exactly. And I was going to uh, don't you say that? That's exactly what the state safety net is designed to do. It's designed to provide a minimal level of, you know, minimal standard of living, however long you 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 live. And if you want to have a higher standard of living than that and be guaranteed forever and a day, I'm sorry, you buy an annuity. You don't want to buy an annuity. Well, then you manage it. CDC funds don't talk about longevity as much as you and I just talked about longevity. What they're banging on about is that you get a 30%, 40%, I think I've even 70%, seen 70%, but I might have been dreaming, 70% better outcome than an annuity. Yes, that has been claimed. Okay, good. Um, that's completely the wrong comparison. For the reasons we've just said, that annuities are guaranteed and CDC is not. So comparing CDC with, uh, DC, with, with, with an annuity is just apples and oranges. The proper comparison is CDC and DC, and you know the clues in the name. Um, and when the asset allocation is identical with the DC and the CDC, the, the returns must be identical. I mean, you know, that, that there's no argument with that. So CDC doesn't have a higher expected return than DC. A fair DC, where the um, pension promises, including target pensions and pensions in payment, are being discounted to a present value in a fair way, in a market way, and where those are compared every year to the assets and the target pension, the actual pension goes up or down, depending whether there's a deficit or a, or a surplus, you get exactly the same return. There's no CDC, um, there's no CDC free lunch. Um, by the way, uh, I, I don't pretend to be a with profits expert, although I do remember 35 years ago taking out a with profits arrangement, which sounded like a good idea at the time. The sorts of conversations, sorts of discussions we're having now about CDC are things that people have wrestled with, insurance companies in particular have wrestled mm. with for many years. And I think the general conclusion, and it may be that you can still take out a with profits now, I don't know. But it looks to me as though at best, CDC has managed to reinvent a with profits arrangement. With profits arrangements were unfair and opaque. Funds over-distributed, they paid out more to avoid pension cuts and mm. cutting to younger members. Um, so that at best, what you've done is you've reinvented with profits, but actually the with profits version that you've got with CDC is even worse than the original. Mm. So, so is there a risk, you think, that the cuts that might be needed uh, will not be applied because that has been the case in the Netherlands? That's absolutely been the case in the Netherlands. And, and it's worth saying that the Dutch, having stumbled into CDC 15 years ago and now trying to back out of it and are now trying to replace CDC with DC, yeah. which is seen to be fair to young, young, younger members. 
and it's been seen to be fair to to older members. Um, in most most pension uh, most pension systems are set up for people of my age. They're all set up to be generous towards the the oldsters at the expense of the youngsters. So I'm taking it for I'm taking it as read that you can only have a fair CDC scheme, which each year moves the pensions in payment and the target pensions up or down in a very precise, clinical, apolitical way with no smoothing and no buffers and no smoke screens. Surplus goes up 5% on, on a market basis. Great, pensions go up 5%. Goes down 5%, but they go down, um, go down 5%. I guess the other question is a communication. How it's a complex arrangement. How do you uh, explain it to members? Yeah, but you see, but you see, it is a, it isn't. It's only it's only a complex arrangement because the Royal Mail have chosen to make it a complex arrangement, and have thrown to have, have, have chosen to create all sorts of smoke screens to hide the fundamental problem. And the fundamental problem is it's not fair. It's not fair to younger members. Um, you know, I've asked rhetorically where is the royal mail two pager which sets out exactly what happens and how it compares with the existing dc arrangement um royal mail have produced various uh, various documents as far as i know we're still waiting for that two pager if you had a cdc system arrangement that was entirely fair voluntary and transparent you would be able to explain it. Probably wouldn't even take you two sheets of paper. It would take you one sheet of paper. Mm. The trouble is, it doesn't look terribly exciting. Okay, you're trying to persuade me to go into this CDC scheme. Um, you, what you're telling me is that I might get some longevity insurance. Well, I'm not, I'm not too excited by that. And you're telling me that I don't get a higher return than DC. So why should I join CD? Why should I join this CDC? Oh, and by the way, um, I can't choose my asset allocation. Um, and isn't this part? Sorry, isn't this part of the maybe not a philosophical problem, but a, a problem of presentation that pensions are thought about as investment accounts nowadays, whereas actually they could be seen as a risk-sharing mechanism. No, no, the, 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 no there is no. Yeah. The only reason why communication is difficult is because. The underlying structure is opaque and unfair. Mm. If you had a fair and transparent CDC system, you'd be able to explain it very simply. But, and I'm repeating myself, but it doesn't look terribly attractive. And you also have the very, very, very significant disadvantage that there is one asset allocation that one asset allocation um, will be perhaps attractive for a 60-year-old, but if it's attractive for a 60-year-old, it's probably not going to be attractive for a 30-year-old. 30-year-old is likely to want to have to hold more equities. The 60-year-old is likely to want to hold more bonds. So if you have imposed, and I think you just got to, one asset allocation, the asset allocation is always going to be suboptimal. You're always going to have younger people, by and large, saying, I'm sorry, this is this is you know not, not risky enough for me, thank you very much. Mm. Or older people saying this is too risky for me. So if you had a proper community, if you had a fair 
CDC system, it would be easy to explain it. But the truth is, it would not be terribly attractive. The best that you can say is you get some sort of longevity protection, insurance out of it. There's a cost that you're paying for that. Oh, and by the way, you're forced into a suboptimal asset allocation from the first day that you put money in to the time at which you draw your pension to the time at which you mm. So that's not, not a terribly attractive proposition. So is there, is there any world in which there could be a fair CDC scheme? Can you, do you think realistically it could happen? No, because there's no, there's no, there is no, advan there is no advantage to it. I mean, there just is no advantage to it. And there are lots of disadvantages to it. Um, there are lots of disadvantages to it. And the pe people are right to say, I have a pension pot. This pension pot goes a lot. This is part of my savings. It goes along with the savings I have maybe in ISAs. It goes along maybe in the, equ the equity I have in my house. And it goes along with, and not, not savings I know, but it goes along with the underlying state pension that I'm going to, um, I'm going to receive. And uh, you do have to manage all of those. And the less you've got, the more difficult it is to manage, the more you've got, the easier it is to manage for obvious reasons, because, you know, the less you've got, the more it matters. It isn't a question of, can you go on that, you know, that second uh, foreign holiday this year? It's, you know, are you eating dog food or are you eating, you know, mm. food? Um, but all that is saying is that the value of the guarantee is very, very, is very, very important. And the only way you can turn a pot into a guaranteed income stream is through an annuity. There is no other way. The way that you can do it, and this is the way that I will do it, it's the way that you will do it, is you will say, right, this is what I aim to have in my pension pot when I retire. This is the age at which I'm going to retire, higher than it would have been, you know, a generation ago, because people are living longer. Yeah. And then saying, I do have to manage that. And if it looks like I'm taking too much out, um, I need to take a bit less out next year. So there's always a regulatory, uh, there's always a, a way of regulating it. Mm, mm. But you can run out of money. Yes, indeed. And you don't know when you die. <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you very much, John. That's That's been really interesting. Thanks very much for joining us today. <laughs>